Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com. I'm here in the studio today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hello. We marched together on Saturday. We did. We're we're still standing. (laughs) Well, the march was very, very, very slow. (laughs) It was really slow. It was a lot of standing, actually. Um, And Andrea left us on this cold, disgusting week to go to the Dominican Republic, where she's uh, marched on the beach by herself. (laughs) And so instead, we have a return guest, Abram Pilch from Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide. Hi, Abram. Hey, it's great to be here again. I'm so excited. I forgot to mention and dad. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that, my, that's my favorite title. Those are your bona fide days for coming here, right? That's yep. how we, we know you qualify. Um, you have a four-year-old son, right? Yeah, he's almost five now. Oh, wow. That going fast. I know. Um, <laughs> and you were also at CES, which um, our audience is like, oh my, our audience who's never heard of CES is like, this is all they've heard about yeah. <laughs> for the last <laughs> month. It sounds like something everyone should go to, but no. No, no, you just, shouldn't. Just, just listen to us yeah. talk about it. No, you should just read. I mean, I think of CES sort of like going to CES sort of like changing a diaper, right? <laughs> like changing a poopy diaper. Because it's, it's basically the only thing worse than not than going is not going and let it faster. <laughs> right. You know, you got to go to see what's new. You got to clean up over there. But it's but you're gonna be stuck in a world of poop when you're there. Right. Yeah, it's that's absolutely true. My friend calls it the best worst week. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I mean, I knew about CES long before I became a blogger and started going. Like the morning shows cover it, and right. you know, it's 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 interesting. Right. And so you're 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 alive after CES. You're alive after CES. Yep. You didn't get CES flu. Nope. Which is a miracle. Um, But we are going to talk today. So there was some really cool stuff out of CES with robotics. Mm -hmm. But there's been a lot of really amazing robotics, period. And they weren't all at CES. Um, And I feel like, you know, this idea of building a robot with your kid or having some sort of robotic toy that your kid could code used to be a really expensive proposition. You as a parent needed, like, technical skills. Um, You know, you need, like, engineer dad and or mom. And... You really, a lot of times it was just an after school kind of club at a school. So your kid wouldn't even get into it unless there was usually a Lego. Right, the Lego robotics. first, first yep. Lego league. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely risen in popularity and is probably still a lot of kids' um, entree into the robotics world. Mm-hmm. But there are a ton of home mm-hmm. robotics mm-hmm. options now. And the one of the reasons I really like this idea is that a lot of those robotics clubs are self-selecting for boys. Yeah. It just happens. Um, And I think as a parent, if you have a daughter, don't skip over the robotics aisle. And I will say that my daughter was in the first Lego Robotics League at her middle school. There you go. Um, But you can start early, right? So Mm -hmm. let's talk about some of these robotics toys that are, some of them are really cute and like lovable and touchable and it's not some like metal robot go like this it's some of these are toys that maybe aren't going to fit into your what you picture when you picture your kid getting into robotics yeah i mean some of them are also like almost like anthropomorphized you know like they 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 have faces and yeah i mean it's all over the place right there's there's things that are pre-built robots for your kid to play with then there are things where your kid can learn some basics of programming. And then there are things where they actually build a robot 
And there are things where they build a robot in a very simple way, like with Legos, and then others that, where they build it with very com in a co very complex way. And what which robot kit you choose really depends on the age of your child. So at CES, we saw one called the Kubo robot that's coming out this uh, coming out this spring, and that's made for kids who are so young they don't even need to read to use it. And it's not a kit where you have to build a robot. It's a little tiny robot that's maybe, I don't know, eight inches tall or something. And it operates with like these jigsaw puzzle pieces. So you're teaching sort of a basic premise of programming. You put arrows down and it rolls over the arrows to scan them. And then it can repeat that function. So your kids are learning about the idea that, okay, I programmed this robot by having it roll over these things. Uh, and so they're getting a concept of programming even though they don't have to know how to read and write and do code. And then they can also use it for learning to spell because it'll roll over words and tell you if you misspelled them. So uh, so there's things like that. And um, these are almost like, like tactile versions of a lot of the online ones. A lot of the online programming is drag and drop with pictures. Um, so this is great for little kids. It's the same thing that they'll be doing when they're older, except when they're older, it'll be on a, on a computer. But when they're little, it's just these little puzzle pieces that they can actually lay out physically. Right. We talked a little bit. We talked about that, uh, the Coda Pillar. Oh, yeah. The, the Mattel Fisher-Price. Um, that's also like very basic coding where the when, as they assemble the little, I don't know, what do you call them? Body segments? Yes. <laughs> the Coda Pillar. Um, it's different directions. And as they change it around, they can figure out that the, the Coda pillar is actually following the directions of the things. And what I liked about that too is each time it starts a new direction, that one flashes so the kids understand like now it's forward arrow, mm -hmm. now it's sideways, now it's backwards, now it's a really annoying noise that your parents are gonna hate <laughs> um, as it goes down the, the thing. And that's for little kids, right? That's like three, four. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. I mean, they're learning basic skills and that's very basic. I mean, I remember, I'm old enough to remember when our first programming language was Logo you had the little, you had to do that on a computer and you had a little turtle and you told it right. what to draw. Uh, so it's definitely getting to the point where kids who even don't need to read to, to get some basic skills started, but then you can really, it really ramps up from there. Uh, I know we saw at CES the Lego Boost Kit, mm. which is made for kids seven plus. Mm -hmm. And unlike some of the other Lego robotics things that have been out there, like the Mindstorm, it's really simplified. Uh, not compatible with the with the older kid kits like the Mindstorm. And what you do is you can build one of five robots. One looks like a cat and one looks like a guitar guitar and yeah. one looks like a Johnny number five or something. <laughs> and you use a tablet app to to program them, not with code, but with dragging little blocks around. And what do you program to do them to do? You program them to make noises or dance or things like that. Uh, but you're getting sort of the basic principle of it, mm -hmm. uh, which is cool. And then because they're Legos, you can start attaching other things to them that are Lego because they have the same type of pegs. Um, that actually reminds me of another thing that I saw at CES. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the name. You'll know what it is. It's it's not by Lego, um, but it fits Legos. So you can use it to kind of make Legos come alive. So you take the Legos that you already have and you you take these little blocks oh the circuit cubes circuit cubes yes thank you the take the lab circuit cubes yeah yes and and you you take the circuit cubes and you can make legos or other toys do things i think we talked about yeah. this last week it's it's just it's amazing because um you're just building on stuff you already have and like doing like frankenstein-y things to to toys that you That's already cool. maybe have gotten tired of and now you can do new things with them 
That's cool. That sounds like it has freaky possibilities. Like you could put that in your stuffed animal. And That's <laughs> what they brought. They brought a stuffed, I think it was a stuffed bunny rabbit that a 12-year-old had had put the circuit cubes inside with Legos. So now it could turn its head. <laughs> How to terrify your sibling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, I'm a big fan, though, of giving kids things that they act, that adults use if you, if you can manage it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, when you have a proprietary system like the Lego Boost or like the uh, Tenka Labs is it's it's great because it's compatible with with Legos so that's something a lot of people have but uh, as your kid gets older maybe 12 13 14 what you really want them to be working with is something that allows them to use an what's called an Arduino board mm-hmm. uh, because that is what uh, professional and grown-up amateur uh, roboticists use uh, in fact, I just learned to use, I'm just starting to learn to use an Arduino board now, and I'm much older than a teenager, <laughs> and it's still a challenge for me. Uh, but you really want something like that because that's something where they can really graduate uh, to doing real adult types of projects. And I think anything you can do to get kids on the path to using adult technology when they're ready for it is good because that skill is then transferable. Right. And I, you know, again, that's something you can do with your kid as they get older, right? It's harder and harder to find activities to do with your kid when they're a teen um, mm-hmm. that they want you to do with them, <laughs> too. Um, so I do think that's one of the things where it's a cool enough project. I remember I built a TV with my dad with Heathkit when I was in, um, I mean, I must have been eight or nine. Um, and that was like the thing then where these, it was called Heathkit and you could build like a TV, whatever. We We're the same age. Built. How do I not know about this? You know about that? No. It was because it was for adults. It wasn't for oh. kids, but he decided to do it. Um, and so I just like helped him do it. It didn't even occur to me that like, I don't know, just pick up a screwdriver and <laughs> start doing it. Um, and I certainly didn't become a, an engineer, but um, it was like a really cool, fun project with a really cool end result, right? Like you make a TV. Um, hmm. So I think, too, it's, it's good to look at those things that become projects because sometimes like, maybe the cool thing about Lego Boost is you can take it apart and build something new again. But a lot of times you build something and that's it. Yeah. Um, and what's cool about a lot of the robotic stuff is because you have this programming piece tied to it, the building is only one thing, one step, right? It's the beginning. And now you get to program and make this thing do tons of cool stuff and hack it and figure out what else it can do. And I think that's actually an important point for parents looking to buy some kind of robotics kit for their kids. Um, I wrote an article about this for Tom's Guide that's that's out um, that it, when I was researching and trying to find things to include in it, I came across a ton of products that had robot or robotics in the title. But there was no building involved and there was no programming involved. It's, you know, just, just a, ro- a robot. Yeah, a robot that works by remote control. My, my kids have a few of them. So look for something where there is actually a learning element, where they're either learning how to build it and how the pieces and, and gears go together, or some of them come already built, but you, you build the remote control for it or you program it. So look for that stuff. Right. That's like Dash and Dot from Wonder Workshop, which I, we've talked about. Actually, we had the CEO on right. a couple years ago. Um, because it's done, you take it right out of the box. It's adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a little modern baby R2-D2. <laughs> it's very gender neutral. Um, but the cool thing about Dash and Dot, first of all, it skews very young. It can skew as young as I would say four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, it has all these fun accessories. It has like a xylophone. Yes, it has like a camera mount. Um, so I think things when you can add it, and again, it has a very simple coding language 
where your kid the kids within the app are dragging and dropping but you can get really sophisticated with it i mean you can really make these robots do a lot of things um and you know putting a gopro on it or a <laughs> generic much cheaper version than a gopro on the top and then seeing what you can do and ha- making videos out of it is like a whole other component and it really these things seem simple but when you start kids on them that young it really is teaching their brain how to think like a programmer right you know that a lot of it's about organization yeah of steps and trial and error right not being afraid to try and fail Mm -hmm. and try again logical thinking really i mean i think i think that's really the the basic problem that a lot of people who didn't uh experience computers when they were younger have now so like my mom has been using computers for 30 years or or more and i've shown her how to use them she uses them fine but any type of new feature throws her off. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wait, the start menu's here. I yeah. have to click that button Similar there. Similar to my mom. Help me. But wait a second. You could just learn this through trial and error. But she's afraid to try. My mom is terrified of, like, breaking the computer. Exactly. Yep. So I think it's that spirit of experimentation that you're trying to teach. Uh, teach to, to kids, like, well, I'm going to try this. Uh, I'm going to kind of use the scientific method, so to speak, which is one of my son's favorite songs. There's this great show he watches <laughs> called Ready, Jet, Go, where they sing a song about the scientific method and all six steps of the scientific method. And so, you know, I had to explain it to him. And, you know, I so said, we're going to use the scientific method to figure this out, you know, when we, we have a problem. So I think, I think it's really good to teach kids that. That's why they say that these are STEM toys. Mm-hmm. And obviously STEM is the big buzzword in education now. Everybody wants their kids to be good at STEM, to be competitive in the 21st century. Yeah, I think what's really interesting about that too is, you know, we go back to girls, um, you know, one of the things that developmental psychologists say is that girls, and this comes later as women, why women don't run for office, um, girls are so afraid of taking a chance. Yeah, Girls are so afraid of being wrong. Um, They're so afraid of messing up. And this is such an easy way to teach that because you're not really, you're not never messing up your learning mm-hmm. and iterating and figuring it out again. And it's a, you know, it's like a really fun, safe space to do that in, but to learn to fail is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, these toys are not gonna work right the first time right. you do them. They're just not, unless your parents doing everything for you, but don't do everything for your kid. Right. Let them figure it out, but it's gonna bump into walls and it's gonna, you know, fall on its head and not get up. And <laughs> It's gonna, you know, the robot's gonna do different things. and. All you have to do is undo what you just moved over. Drag and drop it back once you're coding and figure it out again. Um, And I think to see that tangible result is really cool. It's actually, you know, you talked about the turtle, you know, and drawing the little, (laughs) so we all did that. Um, There's something about seeing something physically come alive with what you've coded Mm -hmm. that's really cool. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's really the fun of it. I mean, I mentioned I'm I'm learning about how to use an Arduino board, which is something that some of the more advanced kids kits come with. And the first lesson is just to make a red light light up on it through code. And you're like, oh, wow, I got my red light to light up! I'm so excited. <laughs> Little thing. Cool. Yeah. It, well, we went when we were in San Francisco a couple of years ago. We went to the um, I think it's called the Imaginarium, which was amazing. But my kids spent most of the time sitting at a table that just had a crap load of circuits and lights and right. buzzers. And it's like, oh, my God, like if I actually bought this at home, would they sit here for hours and do it? I'm not sure. But like for those few hours, they were sitting with other kids and just endlessly making different circuits and making things happen. Right. We've talked great. about little bits on this show, too, yeah. that sometimes that's a good way into is like a very specific kit. Yeah. 
um, with an end goal again with the, like they can see the tangibles up. But I think like Legos, that stuff is more fun when it's open ended. Oh like, yeah, yeah. When you're just building different things. Little bits, the little bits uh, gadgets and gizmos kit. Uh, I tested with my son a couple months ago. Really fantastic. I think it's yeah. about two hundred dollars, so it's it's not cheap, but it's a great way to teach your children about electricity because they don't have to solder or deal with live wires, but mm-hmm. still there's a system where they can learn and the first lessons that you learn are about how electricity flows and mm-hmm. things like that. I, I learned a lot from it. My son just wanted to play with the car that we built. Right. With it the end, but, you know, there there were a lot of things you could build with it. So uh, that's that's another great kit. It is a proprietary system, right. you know, that's not like what adults use, but it's still, uh, but there's a lot of expansion to it and a lot you can do with it. And, and there is room to program it. There's Bluetooth modules for it and things like that. Well, that's another great thing about circuit cubes is that um, they have little silver markings on them where the, the current is flowing that you might not notice at first. So don't tell your kid that they're there. Like they'll have everything <laughs> in the right order, but it won't work. And then they'll they'll finally realize that they have to make the, the current flow and make a circuit. It's really neat. That's cool. Were there any robots you saw let's say at CES or just otherwise where you just think it's really just as Amy as you said earlier that's just a remote control toy like uh, I'm not sure I didn't see any at CES but they're just they're all over online you know they're where all you're doing is like making it go forward and backward and repeating things that you say and there's that not only is there really no learning but they're just kind of boring is that a robot even yeah, right. I, well, they'll call it that. Yes. You right. know, and they'll say in the description that it's a great learning toy, and then you're reading what it does, and you're like, where? What? What's the learning? Yeah, it just, it just rolls around. Yeah. So there, there's definitely that limitation f- for sure. Uh, on, the, on the high end, though, there are social robots coming that for your kids to play with or for the family to play with that are very, um, very much designed not to be a kit, per se, but to actually be a member of the family those were creepy i i am creeped out by them too uh but at the same time i guess it's a trend and it's coming we saw one called i saw one called curry k-u-r-i that's coming out uh supposedly going to be around 800 dollars coming out uh toward the end of this year and it's supposed to you know go around the house and it it has spatial recognition so it can go and it can know where your kitchen is and go over there and check it out for you. Uh, I mean, there's some practical uses for it because you can actually see through its camera eyes remotely. So if you want to go check on your kids or your cat or something with it, you, <laughs> that's a good use case. But I will never leave my couch again. <laughs> I was going to say it's so Wally, right? Yeah. Like every time I see these things, I just think of Wally. And it's funny too because we were talking about the robot toys that are lame. My daughter saved up her money for so long when she was about seven. It took forever to buy this Eve oh, no. robot from Wall, and she bought it, and that's all it did was go Eve, <laughs> Eve, and she was so upset. It was like her first lesson in things not. It was like fifty dollars. I mean, it took her so long to save up. It was like her wow. allowance and her babe, you know birthday money, and it was so lame. My daughter went through that. She she picked up um, that magazine on airplanes that no longer exists. Sky, Sky Mall. yes, Sky Mall, and it had that. $200 um, R2-D2 and she wanted it for so long and she kept saving up her money and I finally convinced her like you're not going to have right, fun with it. It's not really R2-D2. It's not R2-D2 <laughs> and it doesn't do anything and there's no person inside of it you know making it do things. Right. So yeah. It is interesting the future of robotics though in the home right? I mean we all know 
the science fiction of the worst case scenario of those things. Um, and certainly Westworld is probably <laughs> the, the the latest and humans too. Um, but I do, I really am hopeful about them in terms of, um, I think we talked about this a little, letting people age in place. Like having yeah. these robotic assistants for older people um, to have something that like knows you're supposed to take your medicine all the time and can help you in and out of bed and can help if you fall, can call the ambulance or like whatever it is, like those kinds of things because, and, and I don't know, it's a tricky thing, right? These are the jobs that are gonna be replaced by automation, um, but boy, is it expensive if you're an old mm -hmm. person who wants to age in place and needs that kind of 24 hour care. It's, it's, there's no, normal people can't have that. Like that's just prohibitive. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, have you heard of people who, you know, you know how kids like to ask a million and a half questions? They tell them to go ask Alexa, and Alexa answers all the questions. She really doesn't. Alexa needs a better search she, engine. She does for a kid, like because right. they can just go on endlessly, and it's that, enough. That kills me inside. To hear that. <laughs> it, it, it actually really does kill me inside. Uh, on a similar vein, uh, back at Computex last year, which is a big uh, electronics show in Taiwan, ASUS showed off something called the Zenbo robot, and they didn't show it again at CES but it's supposed to come out sometime. And this robot they said would be $600, but wow, can it do a lot of things. And it rolls around the house, it controls your smart home, it talks, it watches your aging parent, it plays with your kid. And one of the things that they showed in this lifestyle video of a day in the life of, of Zenbo was it telling stories to the kid. And like the, the kid goes over to the father and says, I wanna know the story about the big bad wolf. And the father's like, go ask Zenbo. And you go, and, and so the kid goes and talks to Zenbo, and Zenbo tells her the story. And I'm like, uh, if, I'm, if, I do that as, if I do that as a parent, I'm a terrible but, person. Well, see, like, don't parents right now say, here's your iPad? Like, yeah. you want to read a story? Here's the story app. But kind it's of like, so awful. Kind of like awful. the questions to Alexa, like, I, two stories was like my limit. And then it was like, go away. So instead of saying go away, I could say, okay, go get the third story from, from the <laughs> robot. You know, okay, I will answer 10 questions. Go ask the other 90 to Alexa. See, but I think your job as a parent is too bad. You're supposed to answer all those yeah, questions. Yeah, well, that's what they got. Right. No, no, no. They, my kids got too bad. No, <laughs> like, right. no I'm okay, done. Too bad. that's okay, too. Like, so there is something, there's a double thing about that, right? One is um, you as a parent need to attend to your child and like then you are done. Your child actually needs to learn that that's okay too, that everything shouldn't be at your child's demand um, and whim and that every, you know, it shouldn't be like, and now you go to Alexa well, and get now more you can order and now around you the robot. Now the world revolves around you because everything is being answered for you and everything is being done for you. There's something weirdly um, even more narcissistic about that mm -hmm. than they already are connected to a screen. You know, they have those studies that kids are more emotionally attached to their tablet than they are to the parent like the kids will have a total wow. emotional temper tantrum when it's taken from them uh, rather yeah, my than son the will. parent will have a temper tantrum yeah yeah he he will he will but he's like when you leave he's like bye dad <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you know i mean it, it it comes and goes but uh, i don't know i kind of see uh being a parent as a really big privilege for me so you know when my son asks me to do something for him like hey will you read this book with me or hey will you play with me like I'll drop. I'll try to drop what I'm doing to do it, unless it's work or something I absolutely have to do, uh, or unless I'm really wiped out and tired, which happens sometimes. But you know, if he's asking me to read a story and I don't read it to him, I mean that that song was it the Cats in the cats Cradle started playing in my head. I'm like, oh man, 
That's, I mean, I'm counting on him oh, to help the me. Guilt. I'm counting on him to change my diapers in a few years. Yeah. I got to put the time in now to make sure that happens. <laughs> yeah, no, that's well. Now he doesn't have to because he'll get you a robot. <laughs> You're a diaper changing robot. <laughs> Diapo. There will be no child taking care of their child, their parent anymore. But it is, yeah, you have to. Um, you have to hope your your child is raised with a parent with like love and nurturing and human connections that they treat other people well. You don't want your kid running around treating people like Alexa because like at the like end of the day Alexa demanding. does not care about your child. Um, that, not, not yet. Right? That's why the dream and all the dream slash nightmare and all those shows is that the robot is so human and so human looking although potentially develops a conscience which nobody wants seemingly except them um, that we wouldn't be able to tell the difference and then what happens. Yeah, right? no, that's why I like it that most of the robots we saw at CEA, all of them really were, they look very robot-y. Right. Yeah. But it's just the beginning. Yeah, they're they're at the very top of the uncanny valley. They're not, they're not yeah. inside. <laughs> I think everyone's going to like them that way, right? Without skin. Yeah. Yeah, Real. exactly. I don't, I don't want my computers to be human, which is one reason why I'm one of the few people who doesn't like digital assistants like Alexa and, mm. and Siri and Cortana. I just want my compute my computer to shut up and do what I say. You know, yeah. like I don't want it to be cute with me. You know, I don't want to talk to it. Just let me give you a command and do what I say. Well, there, there was actually a great. I think it was Culture Gabfest, Slate Culture Gabfest. They did an episode about how apps and programs and all of these things are just too cutesy. Like, when did we need our apps to say no in such a way that was jokey and girlfriendy instead of just saying no? Right. Well, there was a great article, um, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, about written by one of the women who's developed, I think, Siri, um, about why all of our AI is a female voice hmm. and why do we need it to feel subservient to us and that why does that work with the female voice that people are more comfortable yelling at it getting angry at it this, the <laughs> sexist stuff that is screamed when Siri doesn't work and a, a really interesting article oh, interesting. about this need for the AI to feel subservient did it say that women also prefer to have a female voice yeah women don't huh. want to be told what to do by a man oh that makes sense um, and but they were saying it's so funny because you have all these years of these uh, stereotypes of women not being able to do directions but everyone's GPS is a female voice <laughs> <laughs> unless you're using Morgan Freeman um, so but it was a really interesting thing because you think about um would people scream at their Siri for getting it wrong and all that stuff if it was a man's voice? I don't, it was so, I was like, wow, this is, it was just kind of blew my mind, the whole psychology mm. of um, needing to feel s superior to your your AI. Mm. And <laughs> what makes you feel superior. And what superior. makes you feel superior. Why is it a female voice, even if she's somehow all knowing and omniscient, but still you scream and yell at her when she gets it wrong. I so, wish you had yeah. a choice of voice. Uh, you know, I asked Microsoft this once. It's like, why can't you just fix it so I have a choice of different voices? Right. I mean, theoretically, you can change your voice to a British voice if you say that you're using, you know, if you change the location in Windows. Right. But, you know, you can't just get your choice of, like, Morgan Freeman or Like or on Waze. You want. Right. Where we switched to Stephen Colbert one time on Waze. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they said there's just a lot of recording that's involved. It's oh, more yeah, than yeah. you think. To get to get to that point, to have enough phrases, and they're constantly calling the woman who plays Cortana back into the studio to record more. 
but I think that would be a great thing in the future if you sort of had, I mean, you can choose your wallpaper. Why not choose your voice? It'd be hilarious to have like your grandmother, like, did you eat? <laughs> did you go to the thing? <laughs> I would love that. I, I remember reading an interview with the woman who does Siri's voice, and she said that there was just so much recording and the days were so long that there are definitely words that Siri says where you can hear that Siri is on edge and a little pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Siri's had it with you. <laughs> That's so funny. All right. Well, something to think about with your kids. Do any of those robot toys? Do, I, you know what? I don't recall. I don't. None of them have voice. I feel like I don't. I don't remember reviewing any that had a voice one feature. Does. Uh, you know what? What several of them do is you can record your voice, and it will it will do things with it in different voices. Okay. But I'm not sure that it has its own well, voice. Maybe that's the beginning of being your own Siri. Design your robot and record your own voice. Hmm. Yeah, I think the key to the kits is really, at least for the kits, as opposed to say social robots like the Zenbo and the Curry that may come out is that they're really about learning and teaching your child to be the master. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to give you pat answers. They're supposed to help you find your own answer, uh, no matter which kit it is, whether it's a really basic kit like the Kubo or a really advanced kit like the Co-Drone, which was one of the favorite ones that I saw because mm-hmm. you actually build a drone with it. Wow. Um, so, you know, there's, I think I think the kits are, are actually exactly what you want for your kid to be get to be learning about science and to learn how to be a maker and kind of take control of technology. Mm-hmm. Yep, That's especially key. for girls, so they're not not scared of it, so that they do feel like they're in control of it. Yep, and then they can be Siri. <laughs> <laughs> they can grow up to build the next Siri. All right, we will be right back with our bites of the week. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, what you got? So as we mentioned at the top of the show, Rebecca and I marched this past weekend, the Women's March. Um, in New York, we in New say. York, we yes. No, one. we did not go to the to the. Although New York was pretty big, was they're pretty estimating big. <laughs> between four hundred and five hundred thousand people, um, and it, it felt like it. Yeah, and I, I I marched with Rebecca's family because I was not successful in convincing any immediate member of my family to go. Um, but that's a different story. Um, but there was another march going on at a similar time. Um, I think the next day, uh, Piers Morgan. Who is he didn't a, really have a march. No, no, no. Listen, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, he's, he's a British talk show host. And um, he tweeted out something just incredibly insulting about how he's going to have a men's march to combat the emasculation of his gender. And it was so ridiculous. I mean, it was 100% predictable that somebody, many people probably were going to say things like that. But Patton Oswald, um, who is hilarious, immediately... Uh, responded that um, he was at the men's march. He wasn't sure he was at the right Arby's. Um, <laughs> but he was, he was wearing a, a, a half tee that said Broveries before ovaries. <laughs> and he was looking for everybody else. And he continued tweeting and a huge number of other men chimed in with uh, what they were doing for their men's march. And it was, I was crying by the end. And if you just search on Twitter the hashtag men's march, you'll get a lot of them. But I'm going to link to one person who put the best ones in one Facebook gallery so you can just flip through them one after another. And it's absolutely hilarious. So way to go men's march. (laughs) 
All right, Avram, what do you got? So uh, I wanted to talk about this really amazing technology that I saw recently that uh, could affect everybody. It's called uh, Asia Kota charging over the air. So what does that mean? Just as you get data from your Wi-Fi router and it's just sort of coming over the air, someday soon you will be able to charge your phone and or other gadgets uh, over the air via a 2.4 gigahertz signal just like your router. In fact, it could be built into your router. Uh, So I saw a demo of this at CES. It really works. Obviously, your phone has to have the chip in it, the receiver chip, and then you have to have the um, transmitter somewhere. The transmitter could be a tile in your ceiling, uh, which is one thing they showed. It could be a wall unit, or it could be a giant uh, router-shaped thing that's about the size of a keg. And and Uh, right now they're using a dongle, right? Like, since the phones don't have it in there, you could actually try it out. I didn't get to try it out. Did you get to try out your phone? Uh, One of my uh, colleagues who was with me, we do with this on the phone. And it worked, yeah. They had a dongle, a USB dongle they plugged in, and it was about three meters away from the transmitter. Uh, So it doesn't go forever. It goes maybe three or four meters. And it does one watt of charging at a time, which is considered safe. Um, They said this is very safe. It's no more dangerous than a regular Wi-Fi signal. Um, But it's only allowed to do one watt at a time, which is not a ton. But if you think about the fact that your phone will be receiving a charge all the time Mm -hmm. as it's in your pocket, as you walk around, as you play with it on the couch, it it will charge, you know, it will charge. And you can share that signal with other devices in the home, mm-hmm. like your smoke alarm, for example. They're going to make AA batteries that have the receiver built oh, in. So wow. you put them in an old smoke alarm, your smoke alarm will be charged forever. Uh, so there's a lot to it. Um, it's going to really change the way that you think about charging when, you're de- when you don't have to plug your devices in. And as a parent, you don't have to worry about your kid plugging in the tablet to charge or running out of juice and throwing a, a tablet tantrum, <laughs> you know, because it'll the, the juice will just be coming through the air. That's so cool. It's so cool and so weird. Like, I just, <laughs> there's something about, like, you know, always being charged. Oh, I don't know. It's just weird we're never now we're gonna be pissed if like we drop down to 70 percent right. and something didn't work why isn't it charging in my pocket why is it charging all to the me time? this i feel like is this that is not good for your battery or is that the old version no that's the old version that's no old that, you know what i'm gonna link to a really great article that dispels a lot of the myths about batteries about not that, having that, that yeah phone plugged in that were, all the time these myths they were true not that long ago but now they're just the batteries are just right. different um but i feel like this is the first step towards like um being able to send objects through the air and like replicate food and so i just i feel like it's all it's coming it's all coming probably not in our lifetime but it's a com- driverless cars are coming you know oh, yeah. i'm so excited i can't stop talking about driverless cars <laughs> like my dream um all right i have the i have the low tech bite um okay so i drink a crazy quantity of tea every day my husband drinks a crazy quantity of coffee every day um, and because I live in New York, I a lot of times I'm filling up a to-go cup mm-hmm. and I'm just walk out the door with it because I don't know, I'm like, I'm just going to keep walking with it. Um, and of course, by the time I like get to my office, by the time I get three blocks away, it's cold. Mm. And just, there's nothing grosser than like cold tea that was hot. Now it's cold. It's just gross. So I was determined to find a real travel mug that kept it really, really hot or really, really cold. Because mm-hmm. that's the other problem I have is that my daughters, when they go to camp... You know, they fill up their water bottle in the morning, whatever. Then it's disgusting and hot, and then they don't drink any water. So, of course, like, went on Amazon, 
Let's drill the reviews. And then there's a new thing in New York Magazine called The Strategist. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. So they've started this thing in New York Magazine called The Strategist, which is obviously like a huge monetization model for mm-hmm. them because it's the best of whatever. Yeah. So the best white shirt, the best. And they ask people who like that's their thing. So the best whatever makeup for under $10 at your drugstore. But, but it's not like the stupid lists you see on BuzzFeed. It's really, really specific people telling you this stuff. Mm. So they took like crazy commuters basically and it was like <laughs> the best water bottle, whatever you want to call it. And it's Japanese and it's called the Zogarushi stainless steel water bottle basically. Stainless steel mug they call it. People were like, I came back to my car a day later, opened this thing and my coffee was too hot to drink. <laughs> and I was like, I have to have this. Totally true. You fill it up. I don't know how it works. There's no like external heating of anything. There's no sticking in the freezer to keep it cold. Wow. It is just either so insulated and crazy vacuum made. The Japanese have figured it out. And what I really love about it, it also has a really wide mouth so you can clean it. Oh, it's not one of those important. like where all of a sudden the, the top gets really tapered yeah. and then you can't get in there. Um, it has a really wide mouth. And I'm telling you, this thing keeps your drink so hot. I haven't tried the cold, so I have to try the cold next. I feel like you gave this a very, very brief mention on our teacher episode. Oh, maybe as a gift? Yeah. Um, But people said, like, the ice cubes are unmelted two days later. Like, crazy (laughs) things. I have to try that because I haven't tried that. That's crazy. But no joke, it keeps it so hot. And then the other tip I got while I was researching this, because then I, like, fell down the rabbit hole of stainless steel travel mugs. that to clean your water bottles instead of buying those expensive like they have like brushes and cleaners mm-hmm. um denture cleaner you throw like an oh. effort in in the thing oh, i have those for my invisalign and it cleans the whole inside oh. of the stainless steel thing and disinfects it and then you just dump it out and rinse it you want to hear something crazy what? i found this thing i didn't find it i saw it on tv like on rachel ray or maybe gma um it's like a little brush that goes into you drop it into whatever vessel is too narrow to to clean inside and then there's a magnet on the that you put on the outside and you use the magnet to scrub the thing on the inside to move it around to scrub inside oh my God. i don't know if it works all that well but the idea is so cool i need a robot if i'm going to do that <laughs> the robot needs, i'm dropping the effort and tablet in and filling it up with warm water i, I still have the bottle brush that i used on my kids bottles when they were babies oh really yeah that's wow. what i use for water bottles i used to sterilize the bottle Ugh, that was a long time ago i, I never in a pot. i never sterilized well, bottles. I I, not a, a single one my kids survived <laughs> all right on that note we're not going to talk about baby bottles on the show that i can tell you <laughs> unless they become robotic i'm sure they will i'm sure there wasn't a baby <laughs> oh, bottle at ces oh, where there it was. measured how much your kid drank there was that you was can't at, read the bottle that was at mine and andrew one of our events i think it it's, it's phillips where it will track how much your baby has has drunk and then you know it all goes into an app and yeah i'm so confused like so instead of you just reading the ounces on the bottle and say i started out with four yeah. and now i'm at two so we drank two yeah the app it'll will keep tell track you for you all right i that's i don't know why you would need that <laughs> i don't understand maybe maybe well i will say i uh, having twins i had to journal everything because otherwise i would forget if one ate mm-hmm. and one didn't because you oh i forgot me. that with one kid are you kidding me <laughs> so i could see how that would be helpful if it went right to the app and yeah. then it just told me oh that one drank two ounces that one drank four ounces but still the spiral notebook worked great yeah <laughs> so i highly recommend spiral notebook all right that is our show for today thank you amy you're welcome thank you abram you can find us on uh, facebook.com slash parenting bites and on parentingbites.com we'll have links to everything we talked about we'll have a link to the article amy wrote on laptop mag and um, where else are we? We're on iTunes. 
Parenting Bites, rate, review, subscribe, and share. And of course, on Play.it, where you can find Parenting Bites and all the CBS podcasts. And we'll be back next week. Next week, we're doing a food episode. We are. We have Jennifer Perlo of <gasps> In Jenny's Kitchen That's joining next us. Week? Ooh. So all maybe food. she'll bring us something. Maybe <laughs> that she we'll share does. with the audience. <laughs> now Amy's excited. All right. Till next week. Happy parenting. Bye.